Welcome to an incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, Associate Pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, guys, um, uh, the title of the message this morning is True Christianity. True Christianity according to Peter is what we're going to be doing, as Pastor Ron mentioned. And so we're going to be in the, uh, in the book of First Peter chapter 1, and uh, we'll get to the specific verse in a bit. But um, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to be discussing true Christianity. You know, what does that mean? True Christianity. You know, is there a false Christianity? I would say yes. You know, that there is a such thing as a false Christianity, you know, one that can't save. I would say that a false Christianity is, is when we put our faith in anything or anyone other than Jesus Christ. That would be a false Christianity. But that's not where we're going to go today. We want to talk about specifically the heart of Christianity, you know, catching just the, the essence of it. Um, you know, if you were to boil it down, you know, what is, what is Christianity? You know, how can you put it? In simple terms, following Jesus, what does it mean? Well, to do that, we're going to be looking at one of the writings of one of the 12 apostles, specifically the original 12 apostles, specifically the apostle Peter. And uh, before we get to our text, I'd like to talk about Peter for just a minute because to me, this, he's really intriguing. And he's especially when we talk about this subject, you know, and uh, I feel like Peter has a very unique perspective. Uh, Peter uh, was one of the apostles because he was one of the original disciples. He was an eyewitness of Jesus, and he got to follow Jesus around. He lived with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He was mentored and discipled by Jesus. He witnessed and, and sat in his teachings. He, he, he got to see firsthand some of the miracles that he did. He watched him walk on water. He watched him turn uh, uh, loaves and fish to, you know, he multiplied and to be able to feed 5,000, over 5,000. He watched him perform miracle after miracle after miracle. He literally was walking with Jesus. And not only did he get to do all of that, but also he was there whenever Jesus was arrested. He was there whenever Jesus was falsely accused. He was there whenever he was, whenever he was tried uh, incorrectly and he was uh, blamed for something that he didn't do. And of course, the Bible says that, uh, that after, you know, out of guilt and shame of denying Jesus, he ended up fleeing the scene. But he was there in the area whenever Jesus was then beaten. And then he, whenever he was, was, uh, was uh, when, he get, when he took his cross and carried it up that hill and whenever he was nailed to it. And then whenever he, he, was, he was there whenever he eventually was crucified and he died. Peter heard about all of it. He was there. And then they put him in the tomb. And of course, and when you read the word of God, you see Peter, along with all the disciples, were very devastated and discouraged. But something happened with Peter. He heard that Jesus rose from the grave. And of course, the Bible says that he ran and saw it and, and he was thinking about what happened. But he literally saw Jesus risen from the dead. Now, Peter, he, he knew he was dead. He knew that P Jesus had died. He knew it. 
But something changed in him when he saw Jesus alive. You know, I mean, when you, when you, when you see it and you think about it, the Bible says that he went back to his old way of life. So he really believed that Jesus died and he wasn't coming back. But when he saw that, the resurrected Jesus, it changed him. So much so that he gave his entire life to preaching the gospel and telling others about Jesus and how to follow him, guiding people into true Christianity. Not only did he live his life because of what he saw, but he also died because of what he saw. According to Christian tradition, Peter was crucified upside down for his faith in Christ. He had a chance to deny it, but he didn't because of what he saw and because of what he believed. You know, I feel like whenever you see it from that perspective and you think about it from that perspective, you know, it, 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 it makes you see Peter, and especially some of his writings, a little bit differently when you take it into full context. You see, because he was all in and his whole life was changed. And if anybody knew what it meant to follow Jesus, it was Peter. If there was anybody, Peter was one of those guys. He knew what it meant to follow Jesus. And understanding that specific point, we're going to go to his writings, specifically 1 Peter chapter 1, as I mentioned before. I believe that these things give his words weight along with the fact that they are inspired by the Word of God. So we're going to begin in verse 3, and we're eventually going to end in verse 9. But let's go ahead, and we're going to read it verse by verse. It says this, uh, Peter, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whenever Peter writes this, just imagine being Peter. I imagine every time that he writes Jesus Christ risen from the dead, that he has flashbacks thinking about when he literally saw Jesus. I mean, how incredible was that? But you know, it's not because he didn't talk about how Jesus died. It's not... It's not that we are born again because Jesus died, and Jesus had to die. He had to die. It, 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 he, he had to do it, but it wasn't what made us available or what made salvation available. It was when Jesus Christ rose from the dead that he defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave, and, and, and salvation became available. You see, I, I just think about whenever Paul writes, or I'm sorry, whenever Peter writes this thinking about when he saw Jesus. You know, I think about, you know, whenever I gave my life to Jesus. Think about the day that you gave your life to Jesus. I'm sure every now and then you think about that day and you think about how your life was changed. Literally, Peter's life was changed all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In verse 4, he says that we were born again to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. He said, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because he has risen from the dead, which I saw, 
He says that you have been born again to an inheritance. And this inheritance is being protected for you, being guarded for you. That it's not going to get lost. It can't be stolen. It can't lose its value. It doesn't, it's not going to wither away. It's not going to be something that when we get there, that it's not going to be there. It's being guarded and protected with a 100% guarantee that you will get your inheritance. Now, what is that inheritance? It's eternal life. Eternal life. Man, talk about a door prize. That's pretty good. Eternal life with Jesus. And he says that we receive that eternal life when we go to see Jesus. Whether it is by death or whether it is by true life when Jesus comes and he, and he catches us up in the air, whatever, it may, whatever, it, whatever the way it is, no matter what, when we see Jesus, we will receive that inheritance. Praise Jesus. Thank God. I love that. And so he says in verse 6, in this you rejoice, talking about the fact that we have an internal inheritance. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to the result of Maybe, excuse me, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, though that is your portion, though that is your future, now you are going through trials. Now, Peter is writing to them for a specific reason because they were following Jesus and they were doing what they were commanded and now they were facing persecution because of it. And Peter was well-respected because, again, these people never met Jesus. They heard about Jesus, and he's changed their life, but they knew that Peter was an eyewitness that he himself followed. So his, what he's writing to them is, is, is encouraging them in, um, in their moment. And he encourages them that though you are walking through it, he's saying that, that, is, that, it is, that is refining your faith. He talks about gold here. And gold is tested by being put in an, in an intense fire. And that fire is so intense that it's at 1,000 degrees Celsius or 1,832 degrees Fahrenheit. Man, that's hot. That's hot, hot. It gets put in an intense fire in order to be refined. And it's only through that intense, that intense fire that gold is refined because it begins to burn off all the impurities that are in the gold, eventually revealing that true gold at what it is. And the reason why gold is even refined is because of its value. It's because of its value that it's put through intense fire. But Peter here says that your faith is even more valuable than gold. How much more then should our faith be refined? Now, God doesn't make us go through trial, but he does use them. You see, when we go through 
difficulty, when we go through disappointment, it is in that time that it is burning away the impurities, burning away what we believe to be faith, what we think to be true faith, what we imagine, the things that we put into it, and we imagine that it is all good, that this is exactly what, is, what, you know, what God wants. But when we go through that fire, it begins to burn away and we discover what true faith is. We begin that, that the, the pure faith that God has put in us begins to reveal itself when we go through trials. Amen? When we go through trials, we come out on the other side with a more genuine faith every time. That's how God uses it. He uses what we have to go through to benefit you in the long run. And it brings praise, honor, and glory to Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, with all that said, so Peter here, he's saying in verses 3 through 7, he says that because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, you've been born again to, a new in, or to an inheritance. That is eternal life that will be handed to you when you go to see Jesus. But until that time, you're going to have to face some trials as you are doing now. But as you are going through, it is refining your faith. He is describing the effects, the impact of what faith looks like. But then he gets to verses 8 and 9 where I believe that he's describing what true Christianity is, the essence of it. This is what he says. Verse 8, he says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, now you believe in him and rejoice with the joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. Now, let's think about this for a second. He says, though you have not seen him. Again, he's talking to a group of believers who have never met Jesus, who have never seen Jesus, and yet they were following him. And of course, Peter has. And Peter, it's almost like he is... I can't find the right word, but it's like he's, he's really, you know, trying to really want them to understand. Like, listen, I've seen Jesus, and it's real. But you don't even see him, and you're following Jesus. And he's wanting to let them know that, that though you are following him, it is worth it. It is real. This is it. You are doing it. You know, I, I used to always think about, you know, uh, when I was younger, you know, man, 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 what would it be like if I got to see Jesus, you know? Like, what, what would it be like if I got to see those miracles and I got to see him? I thought, man, if I saw that, man, I'd never doubt in my life ever again. But then when you think about it, there's a lot of people who saw Jesus. They didn't believe in him. I almost think it would be harder to believe in Jesus if you saw him. A lot of people saw him, and it was, it was very hard you know, James, the brother of Jesus, didn't believe in him. But, you know, only a few people really knew his identity. His flesh concealed his true identity. But he's telling them that you have not seen him and yet you believe in him. That is what it means to follow Jesus. He wanted them to know that though they were going through trials, difficulty, and disappointments, True Christianity is following the unseen Christ, the unseen Christ, that though we do not see him, we follow him. Again, he's writing to them because of what they were going through. And so 
When we go through difficulty in life, when we go through trials, when we go through things, whatever it may be, let us fall, to the ba- fall back to the basics of true Christianity. And Peter lists out three things that we're going to pull out. Number one, what is true Christianity? Number one, it is loving Christ, though you may not see him. Though you don't see him, you love Jesus. You love him. Loving Jesus means that we are personally invested in him. It means that we have a personal relationship with Jesus. And in order to have a relationship with him, then you, a relationship with someone, then you have to devote time and you, to, to spend with them. It is having a personal devotion to Jesus. And Peter knew this pretty well. And he knew it because Jesus himself told him what it means to love Jesus. We see it in John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's what Jesus said to Peter and the other disciples. He says, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. You know, because we love Jesus, we reach the world with the gospel. Because we love Jesus, we make sure that people come to know Jesus. Because we love Jesus, we're planting churches. Because we love Jesus, we are making sure that children grow up in a home. Because we love Jesus, we're making sure that, that, that families are getting food, that, that communities are getting clean water. We are doing the Great Commission because we love Jesus. That's what these disciples These Christians that he was writing to, the reason why they're being persecuted is not because they weren't doing nothing. It's because they were living the gospel and they were doing what they were supposed to and they were being persecuted because of it. But in the midst of everything we do, we cannot forget to devote time, the individual responsibility of devoting time to Jesus, of loving him. Amen? Let us not forget our personal devotion to Jesus. Number two, he says, what it means, what is true Christianity, according to Peter. He says, loving Christ, and secondly, is trusting Christ. That even though you do not see him, you believe in him. Peter was also there whenever they were talking to Thomas. And Thomas, he told them that I will not believe unless I see Jesus and I can touch him. And a a week from that day, Jesus showed up in the midst of them. And Thomas got to see the risen Jesus and he touched him and he saw him. And the Bible says that he says, my Lord, my God. And right there, Peter was there whenever Jesus said to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. He's talking about you. He's talking about us. Blessed are you that you believe in him though you have not seen him. When we say that we believe in Christ, we say that we trust him. And when we say that we trust him, we're saying that he is reliable to, to, that he's reliable to fulfill his promise. 
to, to fulfill his promises. And when we face trials, when we face tribulations, when we face difficulty in life and it knocks us off our horse, whenever, whenever news shocks us or whatever it may be, let us fall back to trusting what he said. Let us fall back to just simply believing in him and trusting what his word says. You know, sometimes we've just got to get a word. Sometimes we just got to get a word and we've got to stand on it and we got to go to the word of God and stand on that word regardless of what we're going through, what we're going through, that we must trust the character of God. And, you know, the truth is that sometimes we may not get exactly what we prayed for. It may not work out the exact way that we imagined it. The outcome may not play out the way that we are planning for it to play out, but we know that it's in God's hands. We know that he has his hands on it. We know that he has a plan for it and he is going to make it better. We can trust in Jesus. We can trust in God that he is going to make things better. Amen? And then number three, finding joy in Christ. Finding joy in Christ. As we love Jesus and as we trust Jesus, we begin to find our joy in him. He becomes the thing that we treasure most. And we find joy in serving him. And I love serving Jesus. You know, I know you love serving Jesus. And ultimately, the things that we love are the things that we enjoy. The things that we love are the things that we enjoy. You know, if you, I mean, you guys, those who know me well know that I love basketball and I enjoy it. If you know me, you know I love to eat. I love food. I love food. And I enjoy it. Woo. If you know me, you know I love my family, and I enjoy spending time with my family. You know, there are things that you love and that you enjoy. We all have things that we love and we enjoy, and God created them for us to enjoy them. They're a blessing. But there is an authentic and sincere joy that is available for us as believers in our relationship with Jesus, an authentic and greater joy that can be found in our relationship with Jesus. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was, was, was really kind of, kind of, I don't know, kind of prying open that part of my heart that, that there is a joy that is greater than the things that I enjoy today in my relationship with him. True Christianity involves finding that inner joy the thing which gives us pleasure and fulfillment in life, those things, that inner joy, there is, there is, a, there is a, a, a finding that inner joy in our relationship in Christ that, that comes in our, in, our, in, our, in our sweet time that we have with him. And whenever we take time to read the word, when we take time to spend time with him and serving him and doing all the things that, that God has called us to do, there is an inner joy. That, that, that is simply enough, that Jesus is enough. Amen? He is enough. An inner joy that we have with Jesus.
So when we are tested, when we are tried, when we go through difficult times in life, let us fall back and let us go back to the basics of true Christianity. This was something that these believers needed to hear. He encouraged them to let them know that what you are doing of simply following Jesus, loving Christ, trusting Christ, and finding joy in him, he's letting them know that it is worth it. Because at the end of the day, you will find the result, which is the salvation of your souls. Amen? Let me encourage you today. True Christianity is a very simple walk. And as we continue to follow Jesus, let us be reminded that he is enough. He is enough. Continue loving Jesus. Continue trusting Jesus. When you don't know what else to do, let us just trust him. Let's just trust his word. And then let's continue to find that inner joy of enjoying Christ in our relationship with him. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, this morning, God, that as we are following you, God, as we face the things that we are going through, Lord, let us fall back, God, on the simple things of loving you. Lord, it's the simple things of trusting you. And God, of finding our joy in you, Lord, you are the greatest treasure, God, that we have in life. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, as we go through trials, God, and as, we, God, as you refine our faith, Lord, God, I pray that you would burn away, God, the things that we imagine, Lord, to be faith, God, and that you, Father, God, will, God, will help bring the true faith, what it means to truly follow you, God, out in our life. And God, may, it, and God, may we continue, God, to do the simple things as we follow you in Jesus' name. If you believe this, say amen. And amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us for this dynamic message from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.